Welcome back to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm Francine Belay, your host, and I'm super thrilled to bring you stories, inspiration, strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money and be part of a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help entrepreneurs and leaders to become leading voices in their field by leveraging what makes them unique to attract their ideal customers and make a bigger impact in their world. So, I want you to experience success in your business and also live your best life now. Well, today I have a great pleasure to welcome Gregory Coplo. He is a poet, author, artist, and transformative life coach. And his goal is to help you reimagine your life. His book, The Art of Being Whole, centers around brokenness and the beauty and gift we receive in that vulnerable, uncomfortable state of being. Hi, Gregory. Welcome to the Meaningful Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for me to be on on your show. Super excited. Thank you. Me too. I'm super excited. You said that we must understand our connectedness in order to respect our uniqueness so that we can thrive in a harmonious state of being. Tell us in your own words what you currently do. Okay. So currently I run three small businesses. I run a business called Paint Night Seattle and a master artist comes and they'll walk you through a painting for two hours at different locations all around Seattle, all the way to the capital of Olympia. And you take home your painting. So it's kind of an art therapy, you know, connected thing where you express yourself creatively and you take that home. So that's one business. We run about 100 to 120 events a month. And then of course, I've just written my book, The Art of Being Whole. So I'm an author. So that takes up a lot of time just getting things out into the media and making sure that, you know, my voice is being heard because if no one reads it, then there's, there's no point to writing a book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, that book. I felt the book allowed me to, um, you know, create some credibility in regards to being not an expert, but somebody who might know a little bit about something when it comes to the meaning of life and transformation. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that that was the right time to launch my, my transformative life coach business. Mm-hmm. So I have those three. And then I also, I have two spaces in an antique store. I love antiques. And it also gives me a chance to, as an artist, to get my artwork out there mm-hmm. and to have my artwork in the store and then to purchase high-end antiques also. So in a way, it sort of leaves my indelible stamp in there. It's an outlet for me to still have my artwork shown and then, you know, be involved in antiquing. So those are kind of the main work things that I do. Yeah, that keeps you busy, I suppose. So tell me, if I'm a small fly and I follow you from the morning when you wake up till when you go back at bed at night, what would I see? What a day in life would you look like? Sure. So, um, you know, in the morning, I think it's super important to, um, to get that alignment, you know, to get that proper alignment and focus. And so what I do is I, I spend 30 minutes focusing on what I'm grateful for, just that gratitude of, you know, thankful for my health and well-being, 
uh, my life, the place that I live in, the food that I have, the people that are around me, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I spend 30 minutes doing that. And then um, I juice. I juice in the mornings. The first thing I do, I believe that, um, you know, having a finely tuned body shell also aligns with you spiritually. So I do try to focus on both the spiritual mm. and the physical, you know, element of being, of being whole. Yeah. So I work on paint night for about three hours. I strategize, um, you know, not to bore you, but I work on calendar and sales and forecasts and boosts and marketing and, mm -hmm. and social media and all mm -hmm. kinds of things. I get venue requests and I have artists coming in with other requests. So I work on that for about three hours and then I go and I work out. And again, it's that, it's the body shell, just kind of getting that alignment. And I come back, I go to Pacific Galleries Antiques, which is where I show my artwork and have my antique stuff. And so I go there. And I look at, you know, the, the product and see what needs to be stocked. And, you know, I check on sales and then I come home. So before I go into the afternoon and I, I start to life coach and I take appointments, I like to meditate for an hour. Meditation is super important. Mm -hmm. I, I talk about in my meditation, I talk about, you know, I am pure light. I, I am love. And I, I envision healing coming through my body, through my hypothalamus and my hippocampus and through my brain, secreting these things that are, that are killing things in my body that I don't need, that are cleansing my cells and making me feel more whole. So meditation is beautiful thing. And I, I wasn't very good at it at the beginning, but I've gotten, <laughs> like I've, all I've of got, us. <laughs> I know, right. I, just, you know, I would bounce around from, from, from place to place. And I was like, I don't know what I'm accomplishing here, but, um, but anyway, it, I've gotten a lot better at the, the healing aspect of really mm. feeling, you know, better after I do it. So I really, really like it. And then I take, um, I take client appointments in the afternoon mm. and, then I, I focus also on, you know, on the book and I'm, I'm writing a sequel to that book. So I'm, I'm also writing and I'm, I'm blogging and I'm sending the book out to media outlets. And I'm trying to tell myself, what can you do to drive this book forward so that more people, you know, mm. can see it. And so that's, you know, a really big focus. And again, I try to, you know, I try to write a blog. I try to write content that I feel is meaningful. You know, I might do something on YouTube. Whether people will see it or not, I mean, I want them to see it, but I also feel like a lot of it is a reminder for myself of what mm. I'm doing and who I am and, and what my purpose is. So mm. there is, you know, a component in that that's super important for me. Yeah. And then at five o'clock, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things, I love to listen to Oprah's Super Soul podcast. Have you heard uh. of the podcast? Have yeah, but I'm oh. not. I, I don't. I don't listen to the podcast. Actually, I might oh. actually subscribe. Oh, so then that will take me. Uh, give me a reminder. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. It, it's uh, well, you know the role that she is on and the journey of, yes. of being her best self, and mm -hmm. and and all of those people on her show are doing the same thing. Yeah. They're they're trying to find that. So um, super inspired by that. And I end my day with that. You know, and I, I do a salutation of what you know, I'm thankful for and the highlights of the day, I think it's super important to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I get together with friends in the evening and, you know, I'm an ambassador member of the Concierge Guild and I do stuff in the community. Um, but, you know, all in all, that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, what, 
you know, my, my day looks like. Yeah, that is a yeah. really busy and uh, quite rich day connecting with all our, you know, senses, you know, the spiritual element, the physical, the intellectual, uh, every, every aspect. That's, uh, that's really beautiful. So how did you end up doing this transformative work that you are currently doing? You know, how, what's your journey or your background till today when you are, you know, doing this transformational work? Sure. So, you know, what happened really for me is during the recession, and, and it was really after that, I, I just, you know, I got involved with corporations and, and people and companies. I felt that were, you know, starting to get abusive. Companies were becoming very arrogant about the fact that they could hire someone to do three or four or five jobs. And then the people within my life, the, the managers and the people that, that I was involved in, you know, we're both physically and mentally abusive also. And I just felt like my soul was being depleted and I felt empty and sad and depressed. And I knew that there was something greater that I was supposed to be doing, but I was afraid. Mm. You know, I had a lot of fear. And I just, I reached that bottom point where there was nothing to lose. It was just so dark and so uncomfortable for me that it was in that place that I was able to actually say to myself, okay, <laughs> you can only go up from here. You have nothing to lose. So let's focus on finding what you really want because this is the time because you're you know, completely like just obliterated with you know, unhappiness. So I laid down, I remember in a cross formation, I got all the way down to the ground and I told the universe, God, what I wanted in my life, uh, that I wanted to be an artist, that I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to make enough money, mm. that I wanted to do events, that I, I wanted to, to life coach and inspire people and felt that I had been doing that a lot in my life, but I yeah. didn't understand what it meant. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was at that point through like just being really uncomfortable that, you know, I found the faith to be able to move forward and not to confuse the universe anymore. So I didn't, the next day, I didn't go look for corporate jobs. I didn't do, do the same things that I was yes. doing before. I, I actually sold a large jewelry collection, jewelry collection that I had. And just to show myself that, you know, I wasn't attached to these things, that I, I wanted to go in a different direction and I was ready to let go even monetarily Yes. in order to do that. And I think it was a great message. Mm. And I think that's how I think that's how I started. Um, and it was a beautiful gift. You would never think in that dark place, you know, that you would get such a beautiful gift of alignment, but I did. And I think a lot of us, we don't always see the lesson through yeah. the pain, through the pain. We just yes. don't, we don't want to be there. It's really uncomfortable. And there is a lesson. There's a reason why we're there and we have to listen be quiet and listen to that message and reduce some of the chatter that we have in our head in order to hear. You know, I think hearing and listening is key to, to finding where we need to be. Yeah, I think that you really touch on something very key, actually. We, we, don't, we don't stay still. We don't, you know, stop our business, business. We're all busy doing stuff. And I think that the, yeah. the key is to really stop and listen. And yeah. most often than not, the answers are there. 
And, you know, sometimes we go so far away to find our answers, but they are still there just in front of us. And um, if we can just stop. And I think that's, that's really something uh, beautiful that we can all learn to practice even more is to do that, really stop, still, listen. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think um, when you were kids, which job did you want to do? You know, I loved flying. Uh, I had a lot of flying dreams and I still do. I, I love. <laughs> were you I, flying I, yourself? I, I fly, yeah, like flying, like, you know, literally <laughs> flying. Um, I remember, I remember I, I took a hot air balloon in Egypt and we flew over Queen Hatshepsut's temple. Oh yeah, I love that it's the temple. My gosh, beautiful. It, it, Everyone in the balloon was frightened. They were, they were, they were just, they looked white and they were hanging on and the, and the fire was going up at the balloon and they were just, they were just scared. And I was, my arms extended like this <laughs> over, over the edge of the basket, just in complete peace. So I wanted to be a pilot when I, when oh, I was okay. a kid and my, my eyesight was so bad um, that I, they just, they wouldn't let me, you know, go on that journey. And so you know, I had to find other things. But I think I've always been in love with that. And my best friend who's from Egypt, her father actually is a pilot. And now her, her brother is a pilot for Egypt Air. So I find it interesting that it's still close to me. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that fly and they take me up in their little Cessnas and stuff. And, and I love it. I think there's something beautiful about the silence of being above the planet and looking at all the beautiful I mean, this planet is so beautiful, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's the most most amazing, beautiful place when we take the opportunity to look at it and look at, you know, that the leaves fall off the trees at a certain time of year and the ocean stays in its tide because the moon is making it so. And this is this all amazes me. And I think I get a lot of that um, from the air, being up in the air. I feel mm. that, I feel God's presence there. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So tell me, you actually um, say, uh, you have released a video actually on YouTube recently where you say actually there is a huge gift connecting with people while you are sitting inside the middle of a store as an author doing some yes. book signing. <laughs> and yes, then yes. actually, um, you know, can you tell us the experience that you had during your book signing and also what your book is all about? The book is The Art of Being Whole. So tell sure. us about this experience of sitting there and the connection you've made and what the whole book is all about. Sure, sure. So, you know, I'm in Barnes & Noble. I'm sitting in the middle of the store and I have this like little table and a little sign behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and a stack of books and there's nobody, you know, there's no, there's no one around. And um, I'm expecting my friends to show up, you know, and my friends aren't really showing up. And I'm, I was alone, I think for like the first 30 minutes or so. And then gradually people started coming over, like total strangers, people I didn't know started coming over and asking me about the book. And I started talking about, you know, how we're all a bit broken and, you know, through that brokenness, you know, we, we get a gift and we can become more whole and, and what that journey means and that, you know, we're all special. I, I think people, I don't think we understand that, that people say to me, oh, you're so talented, you have this gift. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. I wasn't born with a gift. We all have the same gifts. I just spent more time doing this thing over here. And if you had spent more time doing that, then you'd be really great at it. So I don't believe that, um, certain people were given more than another. Yeah. I think 
I think we're equally in, on that same plane. Mm -hmm. So anyway, people just started coming up to me, asking me about the book and then started divulging and letting me know about you know, their life and becoming vulnerable, like right in front of me. I had several people actually cry. Mm. Um, I had this beautiful Asian woman who came up, she was very stoic and she had uh, a, like a Burberry scarf and she was just very stoic. <laughs> By the end of speaking with her, we talked about her PhD. She was getting a PhD in economics and um, she was just really tortured by the journey of all of it. And so what I did is, you know, I said, you're gonna get your PhD anyway. At the end of the day, you know, you're gonna get your PhD. If you torture yourself all the way, you're still gonna get it. If you find happiness and joy within it, you're, you're still gonna get it. The end result is the same. And then after you get it, you can, design your own life for the first time you're out of the structure of school. You can create and design your own life. Like this is an amazing gift. She said to me, I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said to me, I hope someday to have the love and peace that you have in your eyes. I hope that I can find that. And I was just, I mean, I get emotional about it. I was just really, um, blown away at how authentic and how real she was and that she could see and feel that, you know, in my eyes was the most beautiful moment I have experienced in a very long time in the middle of a bookstore at Barnes and Noble. So yes, um, I'd say I experienced a big transformation that day and it was it was really beyond my imagination and comprehension but the book is you know it's a it's a wild journey it kind of takes you through a lot of dark places to then you know see the light there's a story of hollywood in there for 20 years and hollywood as everyone knows is is it's crazy um it's it's fun and exciting but it's it's crazy and it's out of balance and it's unstable and you get all of that in between and it's like how do you find yourself and your stability and reduce the chatter and try to become a whole individual within all of this chaos around us. I think planet earth is beautiful. I also think planet earth is very chaotic and you know, how do we find ourselves within and through the chaos? And so I think the book provides that. And it, it, I like the story book element of it because it's not someone preaching at you, here are the messages and you should do this. It's more about, hey, I'm just like you guys. I, I was unemployed and I've, I've been in a dark place just like you have sometimes and I've lost people and their parents through death. And then how do, you, how do you get through that? And how do you try to find the lesson in that and become more whole and accept the journey of mortality that we're on? I mm -hmm. think that's, that's a big thing. I think a lot of us uh, were oblivious to that. I don't mm -hmm. think that we you know, really understand that when, when we've jumped into a body shell here, that we've signed up for something that is very temporary, like everything else on this planet is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so. beautiful. Yeah, so that's that really, and uh, is available on Amazon, obviously, on, um, and uh, online. Is it also audiobook and ebook, or is only people? You know, it's funny that you said that because it is ebook. Um, I finished the first half of the audiobook yesterday mm -hmm. and today at 11:30, i'm doing the second half and let me tell you um <laughs> wow i didn't know what i what i signed up for every word in every diction of every syllable <laughs> i was like you know they'd stop me 
you know, stop, you know, you, you didn't say jugular correctly <laughs> or uncomfortability, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, I was exhausted. Ne- next time you'll pick a slightly less complicated <laughs> word <laughs> no. that you can pronounce. Uh, you know what, I, I, I'll think about it. I'll tell you next time I'm writing it, but it, there is a joy though in being able to, when there were certain moments within the story that I said, oh, I'm so glad it's me that's saying this because I don't think anyone else could have felt the way I'm yeah. feeling. Yeah. And then some of it was torture. I mean, it really, I just, <laughs> my eyes, I, I lost focus and I couldn't see. So I'm finishing that up today <laughs> and I'm super excited. My publisher is, is waiting for that. Do you know Karis Publishing? Are you no, aware? I don't. No, I don't. But I've seen so, that on your website. It seems yeah. to be like some kind of social enterprise. Yeah, he's cool. He's a really gracious, beautiful man filled with spirit. And he gives a percentage of sales back to orphanages all over mm, the globe. Mm, mm. He, he's, yeah, he's a spirit that wants to, to change the world. And that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, I wanted to be aligned with them. They're a little bit smaller um, mm. and, and that's good. You know, you mm. get more, more care and more one-on-one and. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's beautiful. So tell me, when yeah. did you realize who you are and what you are meant to do in this life? If such a thing has happened yet, some yes. people have interviewed at 70 plus still haven't yes. found it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say at this point now, I am definitely finding it because it feels good. It just mm-hmm. feels good. But it really, you know, Francine, it was that moment that I was telling you about when I was on the ground, you know, in the most humble, yeah. darkest place. Mm-hmm. That's when I found myself, you know, for the first time. And yeah, I never went back. And with conviction, I never went back. I believed that you can become something and make something within that authenticity and not worry about how it's going to work out and have all the steps to the staircase. You know how some people, they really like to know I'm going to do A, B, yeah. C, D. You know, sometimes you just have A. Yeah, that's you know, it. I, that's so it. Just take the next step. <laughs> yeah, take the next step. And I didn't understand any of those things. You hear it a lot in speeches and people say, find your purpose and don't be afraid. And I didn't know what any of that meant. All those people were leaving me way behind with their conversations. I was Mm. like, take the next step. And I I don't know. I don't even know where do I start? Mm. So I think I was lucky that I was at the bottom. And so, you know, there wasn't that fear. Mm. Um, But all through that that time of, of not reaching that bottom, I had... That fear kept me back. I stayed in corporate America and told myself it's working. And I told myself all the lies and the chatter of I'm unhappy. And, you know, I'm doing all the things that I was told to do to go to college and get married and have kids or whatever the (laughs) the formula, right? I'm I'm doing the formula. And I'm like, (laughs) and it's not working. (laughs) It's not working. It's like, what, what happened? Why am I, why am I so empty inside? How did this, you know, how did this happen? And so, I realized that that formula, you know, is non-existent, that it lives within me. And mm. It's my formula and what yeah. I want to do. And then it's like, okay, well, you're going to pass away someday. So, so what, it, you know, why mm-hmm. do you think, you know, why are you here? Yeah. And so I ask that question on a daily basis when I'm triggered by other people, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say, you know, are you going to come from a stance of kindness mm. or are you going to be, you know, the old Greg that would, you know, how are you? <laughs> you know, how are you improving? How are you getting better? And then how are you sharing and inspiring other people 
TV better? And how are they inspiring me? Because people, you know, they inspire me to be better too. And I have a lot to learn. I'm just beginning. I'd say 55 years old. I'm just starting to understand living in the authentic life and the purpose of why I'm here. I'm just starting to understand this now. So that's, I've, up until that point, I, you know, I've been lost. Mm. I've been lost on, on a journey of, of trying to find what that meant and getting those hard pummeled lessons in life where, you know, you're in that rock and you get thrown down and the cracks start to come through and then that light starts to break through and you're like, oh, oh, there was, there was a gift in that. That's interesting because I didn't see that at the time <laughs> um, at all. And mm. wow, wow, now I do. And yeah, not looking back. And also <clears throat> I think, you know, not allowing conditions to define who you are, like that's past. You can actually say, okay, that stuff's over there. I'm here in the present moment and this stuff over here to my right is the future. And how do I handle the present moment without letting that stuff that happened to me in the past creep in and try to define and take pieces of my soul. So that's a, that's a lot of work every day. I'm constantly, that is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. A lot of work every day. Like really like, what am I saying? How am I impacting people? Did I say good morning to, <laughs> you know, and, and being uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't always like to say good morning to strangers. It's kind of uncomfortable. I'm in an elevator and it's weird, but I'm trying to be that person. I'm like, good morning. You know, and it, some people, you know, they're scared, you know, they jump or they're like, you know, oh my God, you know, that guy just spoke to me, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny, the reaction. And then some people are like, you know, they beam and they smile, good morning back. And, and they're so gracious that for that little connection. Yeah. So I'm, I'm learning even those, those simple little gifts and things that, that I never did. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And really, um, uh, you're reminding ourselves that, you know, we are all, you know, we are work in progress, right? So when I ask, uh, when have you find who you are, obviously you might, and then again, it's like a work in progress until, you know, our time on this planet is done. We still, you know, haven't found the whole picture yet. So, and as you say, taking one step at a time, is um, something hard to do at the beginning, but you know when you just release and then you just trust that things will work out the best possible way, you can do that. And I, I, I'm really, uh, you know, grateful for what you shared. Actually, so what actually um, would you say that you've struggled the most with in life? You know, my childhood wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't pretty my childhood. And I, I think I, I really struggled. I think I still do struggle with, you know, receiving the validation uh, from the parents. So I never got that. You know, I went to UCLA and I graduated. Parents didn't show up. Parents mm -hmm. were gone. I moved into the dorms. My parents didn't take me. I took a Greyhound bus. And, you know, people have dark, much darker stories yeah. than mine. But I think the story is that it scarred me a little bit in the validation category. So I was an overachiever and a people pleaser. Mm -hmm as an event planner. Um, and so, you know, just not having that validation, I just never felt good enough. Yeah, I never yeah. felt, I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand yeah. that I'm enough now. It's, it's really cool though to understand I'm enough and then, and then not to need the validation from others that that's not what I'm here to do. I'm actually here to do something else. Mm -hmm. And that the validation component really is not, it's not important at all. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, my whole life I was trying to achieve this thing. And now I'm like, no, this mm-hmm. thing is actually not important. What's important is, you know, what you're doing, how you're connecting, how you're behaving, you know, giving love, sharing love, receiving, inspiring. All of these things are important. Validation, not so important. And so I struggled until recently. I, I really struggled. When I worked at Sony Pictures and I was an event planner, I mean, I, I, you can't believe the things that I did to get someone to, to show me love. Mm. I mean, it was just unbelievable getting up at three or four in the morning and setting up and sending bottles of champagne to certain rooms and making sure, you know, it was above and beyond. It wasn't part of the job description. It, I was really empty and looking for, hey, do you like, do you like me? You know, please tell me, please tell me you like me because I, I need to hear that from you. And if you don't give me that, um, I'm just not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And how so. did you manage to actually turn this around or at least be being aware of that and manage now above this feeling? Yeah. Because this is really important, I think, for, you know, most people who are going through this process mm-hmm. to know how to, 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 to make peace with yourself, actually, and then yeah. move beyond that. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the biggest things, and we've talked about a little bit, is, is that, you know, one, we don't let our past define us, which we, we talked about. I think that was super important for me because I, I kept living that in that space of, oh, I've, I've come from this and this has happened to me. So I kept making these excuses of why I wasn't becoming my best self. And I think when I got, I got rid of that past and I started really living in the present. And when I say present, I mean just like looking at the clouds in the sky, looking at the beauty on the planet, um, just being in a moment by moment basis, sort of like I was just born today, like a fresh, a fresh start. Each day we're born new every day. And after looking at life that way and realizing that I didn't have all this stuff that I was dragging with me and that I started each day new. I could, I could be a different person every day. I can make different choices every day. I could choose to be happy today. I could choose to be whatever. So this allowed a freedom and a liberation to, uh, to find more happiness and more joy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So I think that really is, is, is a large component of it is that we get to start over mm-hmm every day and the mistakes and the things that we've done are okay. And, and what are the lessons we learned in those? And then we move forward because if we're not here, Francine, if we're not here in the moment, then where are we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, where are we? We're, we're not, we're, we're somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And then what, are we, and then what are we missing? Mm-hmm. Was it a critical moment for you when it was so painful that you told yourself, I have to deal with this situation of, you know, not to want to please people, not to get validated and move. Was it a critical moment when you just thought that the pain is greater than the gain or what you will gain of being okay with yourself or it just happened gradually? No, I think, I think that emptiness was there most of my life and that emptiness is really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had love in my life and I was still empty. Mm-hmm. I threw away, I threw away love many times because I didn't understand what it was. And I, I was afraid to write 
that chapter in my book called Life. And so I kept running away from it, trying to, to write a better, I can write a better chapter. I can write a better chapter. So I kept running away from myself, you know, mm. um, and, and running away from people, you know, it just, none of it made, you know, sense at all. But um, anyway. Mm-hmm. So tell me, actually, when you look back at your childhood, how would you say that it has prepared you to be who you are today? You know, I, I had to step into adult shoes at a, a very young age. And I literally ran a household at like six or seven years old. You know, I was making, I was the guy making my dad's, you know, sandwich and lunch for work. You know, I was the guy cleaning the whole house and keeping it in order. I literally ran the house. And so I didn't, I didn't really have a childhood. I had a childhood through books. I love reading books by, by Roald Dahl, you know, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory books. Mm. And, I found my childhood through imagination, through mm. books. But it was like I had this thing inside me that told me to get out of the situation that you're in. You have to excel in school and go to college. And this, you have a ticket out and this is your ticket. And it, it brought me that little seed of joy. It really did. And I knew that I was going to get out. Mm. And so I... I took it all the way. You know, I was like, you know, the best student I could possibly be. And I got involved in everything. And I did, you know, I did get out. But um, my childhood was, you know, it was, a, it was a dark time. And I, I really felt like I was an adult. And it was weird because I even talked to a lot of adults. Like adults would come over and I was able to connect with the adults and have adult conversation at like nine or 10 years old. And my mom would have dinner parties and I would come down and sit with the adults. You know, I wasn't drinking, but um, I felt very comfortable. And I felt like this was just who I was. I remember when they wanted me to go to college early, like around 12 or 13 years old. And I remember my mom saying, no, he's going to be socially, uh, you know, this will do social damage to him. And I thought, <laughs> thought to myself, like, I, I couldn't be any more damaged than I, than I already am. You know, she just didn't realize, you know, the damage that had already occurred. Um, and she was trying in her way, you know, in her gracious, kind way to protect me from that. Mm. But uh, mm. yeah, so no, not, not a childhood for me, really. Yeah. Not, not really. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Betty has prepared you to actually be, you know, who you are. They say that yeah. even in our childhood, our darkest moments actually prepare us to, you know, or teach us and, uh, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, will, you know, help you to teach others as well and uh, what not to do or what to do actually in, um, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that's, um, you know, um, you know, very insightful. Uh, what would you say is the toughest moment that you've encountered so far and the lessons that you've learned from that moment? Yeah. Wow. This is, um, this is a beautiful, a beautiful lesson. I can't wait to share this. Mm. Um, so I woke up one morning with atrial fibrillation, which is when your heart starts to fibrillate and it goes from 60 to 220 beats. My mom had passed away. I started drinking a lot of wine and I had a super high sodium diet that evening. In any case, my heart had done this thing. While I was in emergency and then up into ICU, uh, my heart stopped for 7.2 seconds. And what my body did is my heart was tired of being in that state. So it stopped and it rebooted. And when it was came back, the AFib was gone. So of course the doctors were like, 
oh my God, and they, everyone was freaking out. And I'm thinking to myself, this makes perfect sense to myself. My body couldn't stop, it was very violent. And so it, it stopped on its own and it rebooted. Well, they didn't think that that was so great. And so they took me up into the ICU and they prepped me for surgery the next day. Now I had never been in a hospital, like super healthy, okay? Nothing's ever really happened to me physically. And here I am in this moment in the ICU and a cardiologist comes in and he says to me, you've had atrial fibrillation and this is gonna happen again. And you eventually you're gonna build up scar tissue in your heart and you're gonna live in this condition. You know, I'm really sorry to tell you this, this is your new normal. And then your heart paused, so we're gonna give you this pacemaker and we're gonna insert it in your heart and next to your heart. And then if it, if it doesn't fire within a year, you know, we'll just take it out. <laughs> and my eyes were like as big as saucers. I was like, so you just put it in and, and, and then you'll take it out. Like, that's not making any sense to me at all. I said, I haven't had any history of anything. Anyway, long story short, he hands me the pacemaker to hold. Mm. And I don't know if you've heard from other people, sometimes if you hold things in your hand, they feel heavy, They'd, they feel like a lack of alignment. Mm. And this thing felt really, really heavy. Mm. And I, I asked to be discharged. Um, I, I said, I didn't feel that this was correct, this alignment that, that they were feeding me. And he said, you know, be careful because your heart stopped and we don't want you to drive and we don't. So for like an entire year, I had complete anxiety that my heart was going to stop, mm. that this thing was going to happen again, that I was going to live in this thing. And literally as time started to slip by, I realized that, mm, you know, maybe, maybe I was right. And so mm. I went, I got a Holter monitor to monitor my heart. Sure enough, there was no pausing in my heart. There was no pausing ever in my heart, except for that one moment in which my heart did reboot. Um, I'm happy to say that atrial fibrillation never happened again. Mm -hmm. And through just holistic healing and eating well and understanding what your body, you know, is going through. So here's the lesson. The lesson is when you're vulnerable and people are preying on you, take a moment to listen to your inner voice and your intuition telling you the truth because not everyone cares so much about your life as you do. And not everyone is telling you the truth. That guy who would have put the pacemaker in me, guess what? He would have been paid to put it in and he would have been paid to take it out. And <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't need it to begin yeah. with. So the lesson there is, you know what? These people, they, they say they're experts, and that's okay to listen to an expert. It's also okay to take a moment and listen to yourself when you're in that vulnerable place and people are trying to do something to you. Try to take a moment to find yourself and your inner voice to make a better decision or the oh. best decision, the best decision for you, for yourself, because only you are truly going to care most about yourself than anyone else, truly. And so, can you imagine? I mean, that story of you're going to live in this and you're going to, this is your new normal and, you know, a pacemaker, this whole thing. I didn't need any of it. Mm, that is you know, beautiful yes I mean, and uh you know to 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 realize that and uh to have been well how old were you how long ago was that so it was i was 48 so about seven years ago wow my yeah. Gosh. yeah 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 mm. <laughs> but how many people actually just accept 
this situation and obviously but it's it's kind of funny actually how you stopped and really listen did you I, I, I don't understand did you really thought at the time that okay I need to take some time and listen and it, it is I think powerful what you did to really trust and as you take it you know you took the pacemaker in your head you say that it felt heavy right is it that because you were so prepared or so well attuned to life and how to deal with yourself that you were able to have to make that decision? There were a bunch of things that were going on. And I, I think really it was, I, I, I knew that I was very sensitive to things like when I take a vitamin B12 or a baby aspirin, how sensitive my body is. I knew that they had fed me with a lot of drugs to slow down the fibrillation, which dropped my blood pressure. And the medications are basically designed to to stop the fluttering. And I believe that it stopped my heart. It did what it was supposed to do. It stopped my heart. They didn't believe that. I knew how sensitive I was to medication. It made perfect sense to me that you gave me something to stop my heart and my heart stopped. Like, mm -hmm. why don't you understand this? Mm -hmm. And they, they said, no, your heart was not supposed to stop. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to get out of this thing. And I said, it's like anything else in life when it can't do it on its own, it needs a little assistance, a little reboot. It, it actually made perfect sense for me. So much sense that, that I couldn't even communicate with the people around me anymore, except one cardiologist, a female, she came over to me and she said, she touched me. I'll never forget her. She said, don't tell anyone that we're having this conversation, mm -hmm. but I think you're right. I think you're right and I think you're on to something and and I just I wanted to give you that support and I thought that's all I needed. As this one woman came in and she gave me that little voice of comfort and I'm like here's an expert saying you might be on to something and sure enough whether it's happened to somebody or not the point is is that that's what happened that was the truth that I felt mm -hmm. and to this day that is, that is the truth. Yeah. That is what happened. Mm -hmm. And textbook doesn't always show you mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah. It doesn't define what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I live out of the textbook. And I'm also really, really highly tuned to my body. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I think I, when I you're tuned to your body, yeah. you can definitely yeah. sense what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel blood flow. And I can tell you when I go upstairs, <laughs> my pressure goes up. Yeah. I'm really like that. So. Yeah. So yeah. which kind of also uh, health, um, um, you know, uh, nutrition uh, kind of change you said you made uh, after that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely more plant-based. Um, I, I went, you know, pescatarian only meaning plant-based and fish. I do love sushi, but the mercury, the mercury can be a real deal yeah. too. You have to be really careful about it. Yeah. I, I've had which, a, which uh, fish you have yeah yeah and i've had high mercury levels too because I, I love it so much mm -hmm. but um so i went from working out like a couple days a week to doing more um what i would call workouts that don't release cortisol and so your body's not in a state of stress and so like a brisk walk okay mm -hmm. lifting weights becomes lifting weights where you know you're doing something and it's comfortable but I do it every day now. Mm, I don't, mm, I don't skip yeah. a day. Like, yeah. like my body, my body actually likes. Yeah. And it's an a way of thing. life. It's just it's, part of the yeah. routine of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So plant-based, you know, 
I love arugula. You know, I, I juice with an apple and celery and, and ginger and all kinds of things. And so I keep all the, the body stuff. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it. And it, and it, love it loves too, me. Yeah. And it, 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 keep, it keeps the body alkaline. And, yeah. and this just feels really good. Now, meditation was really a key too, mm. because I, I needed to reduce the inflammation in the body and I needed to relax the body and I needed the, the mind and the body to work together. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't working together. When my mom passed away and I was starting to abuse my body, mm. um, my, my spiritual body and the body show, was all, it was out of sync. Mm -hmm. And so syncing everything together, then the heart just became amazing. I mean, it just, it feels actually physically different yeah. than, than even before. Yeah. And, and I can feel it like almost thanking me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Saying, saying thank yeah. you for... Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you for yeah. listening. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm 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 looking at you and you mentioned that you are 55 years old and you look yeah. 30. I don't know if oh it, my God. It I means love you. what <laughs> what you're you. eating or what actually <laughs> you're doing but actually what you're doing is working. Keep doing I, it. <laughs> I love you. Um, if you if you're single, let me know after this podcast. <laughs> no, uh, truly, you know, you look really healthy. I think that, you know, you. having this again, um, integration. I love that, you know, when somebody is having this healthy lifestyle, you know, not just also healthily in the body and also what you put in your head, um, you know, and doing the meditation is really a great alignment of, you know, how to, you know, live and then doing exercise daily, <laughs> which I don't yeah. sometimes manage to do. <laughs> sometimes I don't walk at all. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah. it's great to have this integration. Um, yeah, that, that's beautiful. Now let's talk about money. So how okay. actually, the, 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 the question is that sometimes we have people who do what they love, you yeah. know, as you know, you are an artist and you know some, some kind of artists that do beautiful things, what they love, but hardly get paid for it. Or yeah. other people who sometimes have a lot of money, but find, don't find much meaning in what they are doing. So yeah. my question is, how can we do both what we love and get paid well for it? I think you have to... You know, it goes back to, I listened to Elizabeth Gilbert because, you know, she always talks about, you know, find your purpose and your greatest self. And then you're leaving all these people behind you because they don't understand, you know, purpose and, and greatest self. And so I think it's about, it starts with curiosity. It starts with a little bit of curiosity, mm -hmm. a little bit of being uncomfortable and a little bit of being able to walk through those doors that you wouldn't normally walk through to find that inspiration and that something that might drive you to, to create or to do something that you might enjoy more than you're doing now. What we don't believe is that by being authentic and doing something that we enjoy, that we can actually get paid to do that. And that's a lie. That's just a lie. It's like a dream killer person coming in saying, you can't. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. What happens is when you align yourself with the passion and authenticity that you're supposed to be doing, you actually get paid more, not less. And so I, I can tell you right now, and I had high profile jobs at Sony producing events and doing all these things. I get paid three times more now mm. being me mm. than I did being someone else. 
and so you say, oh, that sounds great. You know, that'll work for you. So if you're afraid of doing that and you have fear, then, then do it on the side. Mm. Do a little bit on the side and start creating that reality as part of your life as you move into the reality full time. There are a lot of people that have family and, and things and they feel like, oh, I, I, I can't do that because I need this thing because whatever. Okay, but you can do a little something over here. You can join groups on Facebook of like-minded people that want to do those things. You can go to small business meetings. You can expand. You can, you can, you can is the difference. Yeah, it's being curious and um, yeah, 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 really yeah. digging deep. Um, yeah, so I love, I love that perspective. So now let's talk about movement. So which movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? Yes. I am leading the awakening movement. Um, I, I, I really am. I think uh, the deep awakening within myself, the deep awakening within others, this is my movement. Um, I want to, to share as much of, of what I'm doing and what I'm learning to inspire others so that they can live a richer, fuller life. And then they're doing the same you know, to me. And so I think this creates you know, uh, an incredible meaning you know, in life and, and, and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, imagine that you are 19 years old or more. Uh, what are you most proud of? Wow, that is, that's a beautiful question. <laughs> I, I, I love this question. I, I, I do. Um, I would say to my 99-year-old self mm. um, that... I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of is, is, you know, that I was able to find authentic love within myself and then, you know, give it back to the world in a variety of ways through, through art and books and teachings and inspiration, you know, and, and I was able to evolve and live a fearless life. Yeah, that's and beautiful. It, yeah, and if I can, you know, if I can continue to do these things at 99, you know, if I'm passing away, I'm passing away with a smile on my face for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's beautiful. So tell me, what did you learn the most in your life that you like to transmit to others? To really be fearless, I think to be fearless on your adventure. I think is, is super, super important to, to not listen to the dream killers that, that tell you you can't, you know, to be curious, like we said, try new things, you know, that drive you to be your greatest self, you know, to show others also that they can achieve the state of being. It's not just about us. We, you know, we have to share it with other people, um, you know, in turn that, you know, the gift that we found within ourselves and, and share that with others, but really, really be fearless on your adventure. It is your only one here in this body shell as you are today. What are you afraid of? What are you really afraid of? And why are you not doing those things that, that you could be doing? The question is why? Just sit in the mirror. I loved, I just read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins and he had this accountability mirror and he would look into it. <laughs> And he would talk to himself and, and it was, you know, to be accountable. And I think, you know, it's, it's super important to understand why we're living this, this safe life and why we're not, you know, taking risks. Yeah. 
Why? When we when we think about that, it's crazy actually. When <laughs> when we are when we are fearful, because what what else can we do? Actually, we have only one life, right? So yeah. you know, we might as well just go for it. You know, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the 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 last thing we want to do at ninety nine year old is, oh, I should have done this or that. So do it, and then you know, at least you not regret not having done it, and then yeah. you have learned some lessons from it instead. Yes. And do it and reap the rewards of it financially and just and there's so many gifts in it. Just, yeah, go get those gifts. They're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So um, tell me, so how do you keep yourself motivated when things are not rosy? You know, whether things are rosy or not rosy, it's, it's, it's not conditions that, you know, dictate, you know, who we're going to be. And I think that, um, I said before, you know, there is a gift in that pain. Mm. There is a gift when it's not rosy. And, and if, we, if we had this flat-lined life, you know, how would we learn? Who would, who would we be? Those struggles, as uncomfortable as they are, teach us to be, you know, better people. And there, there's a lesson in that. And so it doesn't derail me. It doesn't demotivate me mm. because things didn't go the way I wanted them to be designed. Um, because... I needed to be there. Mm. And then I say to myself, <clears throat> excuse me, what, what is the lesson? Okay, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like being here. But rather than being demotivated here, what is the lesson that I'm supposed to get here? And then move on from, the, mm. from that place. And so I don't, I don't feel demotivated because the purpose is so much higher and, and greater than even myself. When you talk about sharing love and giving love, there are things that are going to happen in between there, but that doesn't stop me from doing that purpose and that alignment and that work every day. And so um, it might give me moments of sadness. I might feel something out on the planet. I might see people hurting each other. It doesn't demotivate me though. Um, it provides compassion and empathy. It makes me understand humanity better, but I don't think I get derailed by it or demotivated by it. anything. It probably motivates me more. Mm, I love that. I love the fact that you actually really also always, you know, it's good to remind ourselves what is the lessons in that pain or in that moment that we can learn from and then, you know, move on and learn something from it. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's a great, uh, you know, outlook of life. Um, yeah. So if your life was a film or a book, which title will it be? Do you have a Does title ha- in mind? Does it have to be a real, a real book or? No, um, it doesn't. It's it oh, just okay. a- anything you want. What, what, okay. what do you want? Well, <laughs> you it, have the choice. <laughs> yeah, as, 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 as far as reality goes, I mean, mm. my, child, my childhood, I would say, was like ordinary people or a mommy dearest. Um, that's, those are pretty, pretty scary films, but I think right on as far as, as, far as my childhood. But I think if you were to, to write a book um, that that would encompass how I'm feeling today, it would be mm-hmm. called the, the Awakening. The Awakening, okay. The Awakening. And also, um, Deserving Happiness by Tony Shea is a wonderful book. And I think that a lot of times we you know, wait to give ourselves permission you know, to be happy. Like, oh, I have this car and I have this thing. And okay, now I, I can be happy now. <laughs> it's like, so, uh, you know, I think being worthy and, and understanding, hey, you know, we all deserve we all deserve happiness. Yeah. And and how do we how do we embrace that? How do we get that? 
How do we taste it, digest it, love it, embrace it? How do we have that in our lives every day? And so um, that would be it. Yeah. Oh, finally, what is your definition of meaningful work, meaningful life? Meaningful work, meaningful life. It's really about love, Francine. <laughs> it, I, the only reason why we're here <laughs> is to love, to give love, to share love, to get some love. When you strip it all away and strip all the material stuff away, you know, I do think we're here to inspire each other to be better. I think that that's super important. But again, that comes from the intention of love, mm. of loving myself, of loving yeah another of wanting to see them feel the joy that I feel. And so I think it stems from, from love for me. It, it really does. And that makes my life meaningful without that component. I don't, I don't have a meaningful life. I have nothing. Mm, that's beautiful. Very beautiful. Actually. Yes. Without love, you know, everything that we're doing is really nothing really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean, and I don't mean a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. No, no, no. It's the big yeah. love, love with big yeah. L, big, right. big, big, big L, even right. bigger than big. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't want people to think, wow, I, I don't, I don't have that. You know, so I'm, I'm nothing. Yeah. Because and, and as you say, actually earlier, it starts with ourselves because if yeah. we don't love ourselves, we can't love anybody else. Yeah, um, really I think that really does start there. Um, it's a long yeah. process to get there, yes, but yes. I think getting there, it is beautiful. So, and yeah, and, and without that, you can't love anything else or even the bigger, um, you know, um, love without loving yourself. It really starts with ourselves. Yeah. And, and how you, and how you get there, right? And how you yes. get there. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Super, so any last piece of guidance you have for our listeners to, um, about how to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life? You know, I would start, for, for those that are really seeking out, and I mentioned it before, I would really start with Oprah's Super Soul Podcast. I, I think that this is a great place to start listening and listening to the people that are listening to the vibration of the planet and the world. And so for me, you know, I get daily doses of it. It's a nice place to start. And you get your spiritual food, I call it. I, I love her. She, she is such, she has such a childlike yeah. spirit. And, and you said me looking youthful. I think mm -hmm. I also have a lot of that child in me and I keep it alive. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm silly. I have a little stuffed polar bear in my room. You know, I, I think this keeps us young. I think mm -hmm. it keeps our spirit young and it keeps ourselves young. And Oprah has that. Mm -hmm. And the people on her show- Does she have a polar bear? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I haven't, I, I haven't asked, I haven't asked her, um, but when I get off the phone, you know, when I get done with yeah, this, so when, I'll give, exactly. I'll give when her a have buzz. Tea, tea with yeah. her next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Maui, in Maui, in her organic garden. Exactly, you know, picking I'll, some nice leaves. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask her if she has a, a polar bear, and she's going to be like, "Why, why are you asking me this?" You know, I had, I had a dream with her though the other uh -huh, day, uh -huh. um, and we were going to dinner. Mm. And she said, you know, I'll trust that you'll, you know, you'll pick a, a nice place. And I said, I said, Oprah, well, you know, of course I'm going to pick a high-end place that we're going to enjoy. Like, why would you, you know, let me handle something for a change. You handle everything. Just let me do it. And she smiled. She kissed me on the cheek. It was just like this really casual, beautiful thing. But I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm dreaming about Oprah and why we're going, <laughs> why we're going to dinner. But the fact is, is that I didn't feel 
intimidated in the dream. I felt uh, a, a really nice love in the mm -hmm. dream. Mm -hmm. And she was a normal, beautiful, wonderful individual. Mm. And I, I think we romanticize what a celebrity is. Mm. But you know what? Mm. We're all the same species, yep. Francine. We're, we're yep. all human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. So uh, how can people, um, you know, uh, find you and learn more about you and your work? Yeah. So I have a website. Um, it's gregorycoplo.com and that's uh, C-O-P-P is in Paul L-O-E. And I think you, even with the book too, I think when you do the book on Amazon, you might have to do the art of being whole and then put in the last name. I think it, it, we don't have to do that in the U.S., but it might be different. I don't know. So I'm just kind of putting it out there. So there's one way. Um, obviously, you can, you can read the book and find out about my life and, and some of my journey. Um, you can go to paintnight.com and you can see all of the wonderful art therapy and painting events that we do. And if you want to email me directly, because I love to connect with people, you can email me at theartofbeingwhole111 at gmail.com. And I will be gracious and happy to hear from each and every one of you. So that's uh, great. Thank you so much, Gregory, for your time and your wisdom and all the uh, gems that you shared on this podcast. It was a real pleasure to have you on this show. You are a beautiful spirit and the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much, Francine. Thank you. What are you committed to do today to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and resources shared on this show. Whilst you are there, leave me a message to tell me in the comments what was your key takeaway from this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but it will mean a lot to me and will also help me to spread this word and being found online. So thank you for listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I will see you next week for another epic episode of the season four. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.